0: Uh, if you don't know, my name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, uh, Pastor Canaan is out. It's a much needed um, time off. Uh, I think he attended a wedding also. So, um, yeah, let's pray for him and his travel for safety. Uh, this is a crazy time to travel, so let's pray for him. Um, two passages if y'all have markers on bookmarks on on your physical bible or bookmarks on your phone two passages i'll be kind of considering and looking at but i wanted to read it and then pray and then uh, just get started so let's read the story the christmas story in the sixth month, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you where, Luke, Luke, Luke chapter one, verse 20. Y'all going to just let me uh, go though, huh? That's <laughs> just going to let me go. Uh, Luke chapter one, verses 26 through 38. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever And his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will have have conceived a son. Sorry. Sorry. The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth, even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. Verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. Or let me say it the way she probably said it. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. I want y'all to turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. In verse 18. Matthew 1, 18. The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son. And they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Let's pray. Uh, thank you for... Thank you for this uncommon hero story. <laughs> this is not the way we draw up heroes. We don't We don't do it this way, but you You take all the fluff and all the religion out of it that that can distract us from you and you center our eyes on you, God. And so no matter how strange this story may seem to to even us as believers, and especially for unbelievers, those who may be here who never heard this story, may you just, by your spirit, reveal truth, the mystery, the mystery of how you would lavish your love on us by sending your son through a virgin. The the mystery of how you forgive a people who have have said, I don't want any part of you. But you send a son, you fulfill your promise. God, I just pray that this story would be ever so new to us and we would be overwhelmed with the the truth Your son coming. God, please guide our hearts and our minds. God, Gu- this message. May your Holy Spirit lead and guide my words and my thoughts and where you want this to go. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I'm not going to name. Um, who this story's about but this happened when we a couple weeks ago when we uh, started meeting here, uh, I met with the greeting team early just to kind of discuss like, you know here's where people are going to park, here's where you know the, the people are going to enter into the, the building and I was like, yeah and this is the bathroom over here. so all of that had been discussed and then somebody from the greeting team came, you know, 30, 40 minutes, uh, and came later. And so, um, I said, man, you know what, let me, let me show them. I'm not going to say her, he, I'm, let me show them, you know, what I showed the rest of the greeting team. And, um, so I'm showing them around and then I, then I walked through, but let me say this first. You'll do anything for People like when you go to somebody's house you'll clean you'll do whatever but you will not clean their bathroom right you you won't do that probably you you'll do anything you'll paint right thank you Jeremy you'll right you'll, you'll put up books you you you'll build stuff for them. so I took this person from the greeting team to the showing them where the bathroom was but they misunderstood me to saying that I wanted them to clean the bathroom. And I mean, the face didn't change. They were so willing and so ready. Like they walked out looking for like napkins and and, and just something to clean the bathrooms with. Like it was no question. Yeah, clean the bathrooms. And I I had to stop and say, no, 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 no. I'm just showing you where the bathrooms are. So when our visitors come, you can point them in the right direction. Just point them in the right direction. When we look at the story of Mary, we see a willing servant. It Wasn't everything that they, that, that she thought about marriage. She thought engagement. Man, this is going to be an amazing time. I get to plan it with my friends and think of how the wedding's going to be. This is an amazing time. It didn't work out that way. But we see Mary at the end of the story just willing <laughs> to do whatever, to do whatever that God wanted her to do. And I talk about this, this, this person on, on the greeting team. She, she didn't come thinking, I'm going to be cleaning bathrooms. No, her, she was thinking, oh, I'm, let me get ready to welcome people, hand out bulletins, you know, welcome new visitors. Can you go showing her the bathroom in her mind? I wanted her to clean the bathrooms. Where's our heart? Where's our heart when? When things don't turn out the way we had planned them to go, or what we thought we were getting into when we got into marriage, or we got into an engagement, or whatever, didn't go exactly the way we dreamed it up, will we be like Mary? (laughs) And just say, I'm a willing servant. May it be as you say. I'm going to spend about five to ten minutes in Luke and just walking through the con- context of, 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 of this story. So in Luke, you're going to turn back to Luke. I know the last thing I told you was Matthew. Turn back to Luke and look at verse uh, 26 of chapter one. It says in the sixth month. So in, in the sixth, sixth month of what? So some of you know that in the sixth month is in the sixth month of her cousin or some relative, Elizabeth, who um, was childless, and she was way past childbearing days. But the angel Gabriel went to Elizabeth and, um, I'm sorry, went to uh, Zechariah and told him that Your wife, who's been childless, who's been barren, will um, have a son and you should name him John. And so when the angel comes to uh, Mary, or when we get to this story, he's referring to the sixth month of the pregnancy pregnancy of, of Elizabeth here. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth. So let's, let's think about what, what this town would be like. So uh, I thought about this, is that Nazareth is like the town that when you're going on a long road trip with the family, that after you pass all the nice towns with the Walmarts and the McDonald's, Taco Bell, the Starbucks and everything, all of a sudden one of the children says, I can't wait, I got to go. It's the town after you get past all the Starbucks and all the nice uh, bathrooms that you could have. It's the town that you say, you know, whatever, five miles away, and you're like, okay, I'm just going to exit there. And you exit just praying that there's a gas station, praying that there's something. There hadn't been any signs, but it's just this weird, obscure town. And you pull in, and you, and you say, where am I? Where am I? That's Nazareth. And you finally find the gas station, right? Guy working. Go to, get, get in, uh, go to the bathroom. Send somebody to the bathroom. And you, like, get out of there. And your, your thought is, man, who lives here? <laughs> Nobody. Very few people. But that's Nazareth, maybe a town of 50 to 100, maybe 150 people. It was a town that that people passed by traveling somewhere else, right? But this is not the place you stop and hang out. So in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. So you're going to hear this term virgin and you're going to hear this term engaged. But first, virgin, usually we, we, we consider, um, uh, we think of virgin as in this person has never been with a man sexually. That's that's our thought. But there is a stronger meaning behind when when Luke uses this term virgin. What he's saying is this person is marriage age this person is qualified and mindset ready to be married their parents have have decided that she is ready she's a virgin she she's prepared for whatever man that um, comes and, and and wants to marry her so she is she's she's in the status of marriage and so j- just so you know that people in these days, they got married, the, the young women would be married between 13 and 15 years of age, or maybe even as 12 years old. So don't think of Mary as this 24, 25 year old woman about to get married. No, no. Think of my daughter Hannah. She's 15. She just turned 15 two days ago. Think of our children here that are around that age, this is Mary. And but but the, the, the term virgin is, is more of a, her mind is ready for marriage. She understands what it means to be married, so they call her a virgin. Second Corinthians eleven two two says, for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy Because I promise you in marriage to one husband to to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. He's not talking about, am I ready? Am I ready? You know, have I never been with a woman? Have I never been with a man? No. Am I? when, When I see Christ or when I am presented to Christ or you're presented to Christ, is your heart engaged to him and him only. That's what the term virgin is, is meant for. Um, uh, the other side of this, and you've heard this, you've read any of the Old Testament, when he calls them Israel adulterers, right? Um, Matthew 12, 39 says, but, the, uh, but he answered them, an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign but no sign will be given to accept the sign of the prophet Jonah he's calling them an, an adulterer because their focus they're not virgins <laughs> they're they're not ready to see him they're not their heart is not focused in on him verse 27 it says to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph and we we read in Matthew more about Joseph, but the next part of 27 says, of the house of David. So he has a kingly lineage. And, and, and many say that Mary does too, but for sure we see that, that David has a, I'm sorry, that, that Joseph have a king, kingly lineage. He's of the house of David, King David. The David that was promised that forever you will have somebody seated on the throne. And we see the fulfillment of this here. The virgin's name. So now we finally get the virgin's name is Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favorite woman. Let's go back to verse 27 because I skipped the part. To a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph. So, So the other part of this, the engagement. So you'll hear that word also. That's what I missed. Engagement. This is somewhat like our engagement, but a little bit more amplified, a little bit more serious. So serious that as we read in Matthew, it was so serious that They would literally have to get a divorce at this point in time. He was gonna divorce her secretly, right? So this engagement was somewhat like what we know engagement here, but it was binding. They already called them husband and wife at this point in time. The only thing that was not happening was intimacy. That's the only thing that wasn't happening during this time. And so this engagement time was Time to prepare for uh, the, the ceremony, time to test their faithfulness to each other, um, testing to see, honestly, if the woman is pregnant. That's part of this engagement. time. We're going to use this one year to see if she's faithful. Verse 28, and the angel came to her and said, greetings, favorite woman. I thought it was providence for you to sing amazing grace. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favorite woman. What does this word favorite mean? Divine grace. Divine grace. Ephesians one, six says blessed, uses, um, uh, the word blessed, not grace. It says glorious grace that he lavished on us in the beloved. He has favor for us. He favored Mary. He lavished grace on Mary. This same grace that he lavishes on Mary to be chosen To bring the Son of God. That's the same grace that we need on a daily basis. And it's the same grace that he offers us when we say okay to things that he's called us to do. The same grace when he called me to to pastor Pillar Church. Same grace that he's called you to to parent the children that you've been blessed with, favored, favored. Verse 29, but she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Remember, she's 13, 14 years old. Anything startles her, right? Right? especially a grown man talking about they're from... Well, I'm assuming, I think there's an assumption that Gabriel came as as a man and talking to her, saying that he's from God and that God has favored her. So she's startled. And he says, verse 30, he says, Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary... For you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So in the story right before this, Gabriel told uh, Zechariah that his son would be great. And now he tells Mary that your son, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. What's interesting is John the Baptist is the prophet of the most high. So we see divinity here we don't just see another man being born but we see divinity we see God being birthed in a woman says he will be called great but not only great he will be called the son of the most high he will have the characteristics of God he will be like God, <laughs> and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. So, yes, John will be great, but he will not have the throne of his father, David. So we see Jesus as the as the king. This is this is uh, a normal this is where he should be. He should be king. Because his father is Joseph. And he is, has been adopted into a kingly family. Lineage. Verse 33. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. This is a... a This is another indication of divinity, right? He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And the next part is this, and his kingdom will have no end. His kingdom will have no end. What president, what king do we know that has no end in in their reign? Even if you're in another country where they have no limited terms, one day he will die or she will die. He says this, he will reign, his reign will have no end. This is, this is divinity we're showing. Verse 34, Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relation with a man? So, if you've, and I had this question in preparation for this, because when somebody asked me, hey, what are you preaching about? And I told them about the time when Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she would be with child. And so his first question to me, and I knew when he even started, he said, let me ask you a question. He wanted to ask the difference between Zachariah's encounter with uh, the angel Gabriel, when Zachariah, question he questioned um, what God was going to do and because he questioned them Zechariah went mute he couldn't speak right but here Mary seems to do the same thing here she didn't go mute and so he wanted to know like like what was the difference One, Zechariah, let's just read a little bit of it. Uh, If we go up to verse 19, the angel answered him, oh, I'm sorry, verse 18, how can I know this? How can he know that his wife, who has been barren and childless, how can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel, for I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So he is telling God, why he cannot do it. There's a, there's a sense of arrogance and, and uh, lack of faith. 13 year old Mary is saying, my mom and dad taught me how children are born. <laughs> now, how is this gonna take place? So guys, understand that if you're a believer, it is okay to have questions, but have questions in your faith. So so even when I came to Christ 23 years ago, I remember surrendering to God, but I can remember having a couple questions the next week. So so Jesus is God? How is but but and God is God? And the Holy Spirit is God? I had questions where? In my faith. And that, that's all Mary. And, and the reason we know that Mary has questions in her faith is because of how she responds to God at the end. So within her faith, she's saying, how can this be? Where am I? He would be great. Mary asked the angel, how can this be since I have not had sexual relation with a man? The angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the holy one to be born will be called the son of God and consider your relative Elizabeth even she has conceived the son in her old age and this is the sixth month for her who was called childless verse 37 this is good to know right here verse 37 For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. We heard an amazing testimony from Jannetty a few weeks ago. And she reminded us that nothing is impossible with God. Some of you, we got a chance to hear your testimony. In the midst of it, we would say, nothing is impossible with God. Is there anything that you have doubted? Have you thought to yourself, God can't do it? You know, that family member, that person that you've been praying for and sharing Christ with, And you are at the verge of giving up. Verse 37 says, For nothing is impossible with God. He can heal. He can transform. He can do all things. Verse 38. See, I am the Lord's servant. This is Mary's response to all of this. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you have said. Guys, when we think about, we think about Joseph, a righteous man. In, in, In Matthew, we read, he was a righteous man. So he was a man that when people knew him and saw him, they thought, man, that's a good man. He's godly. He's always at the temple, he's always praying. Oh yeah, he's gonna marry that girl, Mary. When, when, when people saw Mary, oh, she's a sweet girl. Oh man, whoever marries her is gonna be blessed. You know? That's how people, when they saw these two, they would think good things about them. Good things. They would think things that are positive and, and, and seem very godly and Christian. Mary and Joseph were faced with the same thing. I think they responded a little differently, but both of them, I believe, in the end responded in in faith. But but what I just told you, I kind of shaped their image in the little small town of Nazareth. I just shaped their image a little bit, right? They're good people. They think good things when they think of them. But now they're faced with a decision to make. Especially Joseph he's a righteous man and he he wanted to divorce her secretly I think for both his own image right and for her I think he was a good man I think he but I think and even says it in Matthew he says because he was a righteous man and there's an and because he didn't want her to be publicly disgraced right so I don't, he didn't want his image to be scarred, right? But he was faced with the reality that this was God's plan. God, sometimes God will break our religious thoughts, our, what, what we think is going to really show the world who God is. He breaks those things. Joseph thought, well, yeah, i am ai am ai am a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a follower of God and people need to see this. So me marrying a woman that shows that I've been unfaithful or she has been unfaithful with somebody else would be, would tar my image on Facebook, would tar my image at church, would tar my image in this small town where everybody is talking. my, I've been learning this over the last year and a half. It's, it's to know, it's, it's remembering that God's ways are better than my ways. And I'm not just saying that. I, it, I say that like, yeah, we've, we've heard that before, but literally trying to walk that truth out. Talk about the greeter that came I'm just going to do whatever Eric's telling me to do. Oh, bathroom, boom, clean it. Yeah, I got it. Have we And I know this is something I'm learning over the last year, two years. Whatever God has for me is better than my plans. Joseph and Mary was faced with this decision. I know my plans If I want to show people God, you know what? I got to look pristine. I can't have a pregnant girlfriend. I can't have a pregnant uh, woman during engagement. And Mary, what what is my father going to think of of me? They're going to disown me. And during this time, if you disown by your father, you're homeless. You're begging. You become a prostitute. This is the decision that Mary and Joseph, these are the kind of things that they had to think about when God had this crazy, ridiculous plan to bring the Son of God to earth. Mary had to deal with the disappointment of her parents and the rumors of an, of an unfaithful Joseph. Joseph was faced with the embarrassment of marrying what people would have thought of an unfaithful woman. They will definitely, they definitely will not be invited to the family meal. Then Jesus would have grown up as a child with a father that's not his own. That biologically, they thinking, oh no, that's not that's not Joseph's father. They wouldn't say it to his face. They wouldn't ask him, but they would rumor. She knew. She would be accused of adultery, Mary would. Her peers would ridicule her. Her fiance came close to divorcing her, right? All these things she was faced with. All these things she was faced with. And what did she say? I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Just a few thoughts I had. I thought I wrote them down, but it didn't. Just a few thoughts I had was Are we already walking into our day? Saying, And God, I will submit and surrender to your will, no matter what it looks like, no matter if it matches the path that I have created for myself. Because that's what we do, right? We say, God, I've got this path, now I need you to, come on, bless it, bless it, right? How about we create paths and have open hands as we go on those paths? Open hearts. Coming to be a greeter and being willing to do whatever the leader tells tells me to do. (laughs) Creating paths. Wanting God to lead every step every part of it, every detail of it. God, I want you to be glorified more than I want my image not to be smeared. I know that you will take care of me. I know that you will avenge me. Be more concerned. I've seen God bless me in this thought process. He has shown himself faithful time after time after time. A Couple years ago, something happened to me that has never happened to me before. I got fired. I got fired from my job. Never. And I was like, okay, I'm 30, I was 30, what, 35, 34. I was like, I never even got cut from a baseball team. I got fired from a job. Talk about the hardest thing that I've ever had to deal with. There's much harder things, I know, guys, and y'all have faced them. But for me, I'm talking about me, the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with. It was, my, it was a coaching job. So, you know, I love baseball. I love coaching, and I got fired. Somebody told me that I wasn't good enough to be their coach anymore. And, and of course, I connected that to my worth, right? I connected that to my value. But in that year of pain, in that, in that time of, of wondering why, right? Mary, why 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 are you do it like this? Joseph, what? Could have just waited until we got married. No. Why are you do it this, this way, God, to me? What? In that year, he taught me to center my thoughts and my worship, and my hopes, my hopes, my desires. He taught me that I am the only one that you need to find value, worth, and purpose. I am the only one. Do what I tell you to do. Everything that's meant for you, you will have it. If you were meant to have that job, you would you would have had it. I was about a year and a half outside of that. What happened most? And I was done with it. It was over. I, God has shown me great things through it. I was like, man. Thank God I got fired because I know you better. That's all I was, I was literally there. I know you better because of that most, the, the, the hardest thing in my life. I'm in my room, get a phone call and I see the name on it. It's the boss of where I got fired. It's weird, hello? Eric, hey. I know this is weird. <laughs> hey, I think we just, we made a mistake. We Wondering if you would consider coming back. Now, that's, that's a happy ending, I know. That's a happy ending. But, but what I'm saying is, is that when God is leading us and he strips our our perceived images away. What we think is, 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 is the way we should be going. Or he takes away something from us. Or he gives us something that we weren't expecting. <laughs> like a baby. Out of wedlock. Are we gonna just say, I'm your servant? Let it be as you say it. Just let it be as you said. Will you be Joseph? Man, my image is gonna be scarred. I'm known as a righteous man. Will you be like Joseph? And just be obedient and walk in faith and walk in trust that he will take care of you. He will be more than what you think you created in your own image and what people think about you. Let's pray. God um And thank you for this <laughs> the details of this story that you gave us, how the angel came. That's so remarkable, such a cool gift to to hear this this story of our Savior coming. So cool to to read this story and how you had to deal with people in such a, a different way, and people like Mary and Joseph had to just surrender what they thought needed to be done and surrender their plans. God, you show us this story to to show us acts of faith as you sent your Son for us. Thank you for these cool stories. Thank you for these amazing, beautiful stories. A faith. Mary's faith. A surrendered faith. Ready to yield. Ready to yield. Not to tell you what, what you should bless, but ready to yield. May we learn from this story. May we learn from Mary. May we learn from Joseph and live out this on a daily basis because everything that is for us will be ours everything that is not ours we will not have it that simple truth may we be free in that truth may we may we work really really hard to get what we are, are, want in life may we May we pray for the things we want. May we plan for the things we want. But in the end, help us to be people that say, I am your servant. May it be done how, the way you said it, it will be done. God, may we be those people. In Jesus' name, amen.